Hello and welcome to our class this week. I'm your instructor, Dr. D. Todd Harrison. As we feast upon the words of Jesus Christ as taught in the Holy Scriptures. We welcome you all this week. We hope you've had a great, marvelous week. And that God has continued to manifest many miracles in your daily lives. This week we're looking at section 49 and 50 of the Doctrine and Covenants, the Third Testament of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Second Testament of the prophet Joseph Smith and of the calling of his divine prophetic calling and of the restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, this week it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. God, God seven different times uh, uh, bears his witness once again that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church. He also bears testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith two additional times. We only started counting when we got to section 41, so in the last uh, 10 sections, uh, God has borne his own witness, his own testimony, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church 24 different times. Now that was me just going quickly through it, so if I were to spend more time, I'd probably miss some, some that would be additional references, but at least 24 different times in these last 10 sections, God, has, God himself has declared that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church. Ten different times he's manifested and borne witness that Joseph Smith is his prophet or servant. And I testify and I add my witness to that, to, that indeed Joseph Smith was a prophet of God, that God did ordain him and foreordain him and call him to be his prophet to restore the fullness of the gospel truth in these latter days. I testify that the church is indeed his kingdom upon the earth. I testify that Jesus indeed rose from the dead on the third day, that he lives today and sits at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Uh, let's look here. We're going to look at uh, section 49. This is about the uh, uh, the Quaker, or the uh, Shakers, not to be confused with the, with the Quakers. Uh, the Shakers uh, was part of the Society of Believers in Christ's Second uh, Appearing, and they held some uh, interesting uh, doctrines and so the section 49 was given by revelation uh, to uh, Sidney Rigdon, Parley Pratt, and Lehman Copley, who had been a part of this uh, Shaker uh, church, this Shaker uh, movement. And they went and read this revelation uh, to them in one of their church services. And so we'll go ahead here and we see that uh, some of their beliefs uh, were that Christ's second coming already happened and that he appeared in the form of a woman, this uh, Anne Lee. Uh, now, when Satan teaches uh, false doctrines, he it's almost like he does it sometimes in order to uh, openly mock, to laugh at all those he, he can deceive. So oftentimes he teaches people the most ridiculous uh, doctrines, and he's probably sitting there laughing at them at the same time. It was quite clear in the New Testament that this same Jesus that you saw appear up, you know, go up back up into heaven into the clouds of glory would likewise come forth, they said, the angel said in, in the book of Acts. Therefore we knew that Christ would come forth, that he would come forth from the clouds of glory, that he would land on the Mount of Olives just as he had descended to heaven, so should he descend. No mention in the New Testament of Jesus Christ coming in the form of a woman or a, as a man traveling upon the uh, earth. The uh, first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was as a baby in Bethlehem. The uh, second coming of Jesus Christ will be 
Jesus Christ in his glory and majesty with all the holy angels. Uh, we also see that they uh, you know, believed in having a celibate uh, life of uh, not engaging in sexual activity. Uh, obviously, if you don't engage in sexual activity, you don't uh, produce children, and therefore it's going to be hard to grow a, a church or religion uh, if all the found, uh, founding members are dying off due to uh, you know not uh, having sexual intercourse. Uh, they also abstained from uh, the pork and uh, and meat, and so God will also talk about that as well. All right, well, let's look at uh, section 49, 1 through 2, and we begin with Jesus Christ himself speaking once again, as he has continued to do throughout these sections and these lessons in the Doctrine and Covenants as we study the Doctrine and Covenants. These are the actual words of Jesus Christ. That's what makes the Doctrine and Covenants far more valuable than the Bible far more valuable than the Book of Mormon is because we ha these are the actual words of Jesus Christ. Uh, New Testament we have some uh, you know we have some references, some material, some some uh, material from some discourses of Jesus Christ that were written down you know 50 to 100 years uh, later uh, after the time of Jesus Christ based on uh, people's recollection uh, uh, people's memory of what he had said uh, in, uh, but in here in the Doctrine and Covenants we actually have the resurrected Jesus Christ speaking to his prophet and so we look here hearken unto my word Jesus Christ speaking my servants Sidney and Parley and Lehman so now not only has he continued to bear testimony that Joseph Smith was his servant but now he's also the, the, the saying that Sidney Rigdon and Parley Pratt were also his Servants, so God Himself bearing testimony as to apostles that these uh, apostles are indeed uh, His servants. For behold, verily I say to you that I give unto you a commandment that you should go and preach my gospel, which ye have received, even as ye have received it unto the Shakers. Behold, I say unto you that they desire to know the truth in part, but not all, for they are not right before me and must needs repent. So first of all, in section one, again, we have a reference that indeed that they've received his gospel. The restoration of the gospel has taken place. Parley Pratt, Sidney Rigdon have received, as he says here, my gospel as taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that therefore go forward and preach that same gospel. And two, he says that the Shakers desire to know the truth in part, but not all. For you're not right before me must needs repent. And that's how we have it with most of the Christian world today. They only want to have a part of the truth. They only want to have the Bible and they don't want to accept anything else. Now the interesting thing, when they only accept the Bible, all them, they still don't even accept the Bible. They choose specific scriptural references, take them out of context from the whole of the Bible, and then they build a church based on that one scriptural reference, not even accepting the, 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 the fullness of the Bible. They only accept the part of the Bible. And uh, the few that uh, accept the fullness of the Bible, then they don't want to re receive any other uh, gospel truth. So their heart is not right uh, uh, before the Lord, as, as the Lord says here. Okay, now let's look at uh, three. Wherefore I send you my servant Sidney and Parley to preach the gospel unto them. And my servant Lehman shall be ordained unto this work, that he may reason with them, not according to that which he has received of them, but according to that which shall be 
taught him by you, my servants. And by so doing, I will bless him. Otherwise, he shall not prosper. Thus saith the Lord, Koamar Adonai in the Hebrew, For I am God and have set mine only begotten Son. Bearing, God bearing testimony that Jesus Christ is his only begotten Son into the world for the redemption of the world. Jesus Christ redeemed the world and have decreed that he that receiveth him shall be saved and he that receiveth him not shall be damned. Now we talked to it before. He's not talking about only acknowledging uh, intellectual uh, belief that Jesus died for the sins of the world, but he that receives Jesus Christ shall be saved. To receive him is to obey him and to keep his commandments. And those who don't shall be damned. Again, the fullness of the gospel truth, not just the partial truth. We don't just say, well, if you uh, obey the gospel, uh, the, the principles and ordinances of the gospel, you'll be blessed, and if you don't, you'll just remain in a neutral uh, state. No, it's not. there's no neutrality. You're either for God or you're against Him. You're either willing to keep all His commandments, or as James says, you know, you, you break one of the least commandments, you're guilty of breaking them all, and therefore you will be damned. Okay, so now let's look here in 6. And they have done unto the Son of Man, even as they listed or as they wanted. And he has taken his power on the right hand of his glory, and now reigneth in the heavens and will reign till he descends on the earth to put all enemies under his feet, which time is nigh at hand. Now in verse 7 he says, I, the Lord God, have spoken it, but the hour and the day no man knoweth. Neither the angels in heaven nor shall they know it until he comes. Even the angels don't know that day until he actually comes. You keep in mind that in, in Mark, it had said that uh, in Mark 13, uh, 32, it said that even Jesus Christ did not know the hour. Only the Father in heaven knew that. Now, I guess, as a resurrected uh, being, perhaps Jesus knows it, but just because it doesn't say that Jesus doesn't know it doesn't mean that he may still not know it either. Mark said he doesn't know it. Other references just don't just say the angels don't know it. So again, we'd be you know we don't know, uh, but the heavenly Father knows this event will take place. Christ will come back, and He will reign as our King for one thousand years during the millennium. Those are the important parts to know. It doesn't matter who knows, whether the angels know, whether Jesus knows, or what the Father knows. The Father has ordained all things. Uh, throughout the history of the course of man for the benefit and salvation of his uh, children. And this event will take place. Okay, so now let's look at 8 through 4. Let's see. And in 9 he says, Wherefore I say unto you that I have sent unto you mine everlasting covenant. So he has done that. This is 1831. In 1830 he sent forth his everlasting covenant the covenant of becoming a member of his church and kingdom upon the earth, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that which I promise I, so, I have so fulfilled, and the nations of the earth shall bow to it, and if not of themselves, they shall come down, for that which is now exalted of itself shall be laid low of power. And 12. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus, who was on the earth and is to come in beginning and the end. Repent and be baptized in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the holy commandment, for the remission of sins. 
And whoso doeth this shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of the hands of the elders of the church. You don't breathe on them. You don't breathe on them. The Holy Ghost doesn't just suddenly fall on somebody. The Holy Ghost is given by the laying on of hands by the elders of the church. And here we have the basic principles of the gospel, not just belief only on the name of Jesus Christ, but you have to believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Ghost. In 15, here we go, he's going to attack the uh, shakers here. And again, verily I say unto you, that whoso forbiddeth to marry is not ordained of God. For marriage is ordained of God unto men. Anyone claim, claiming to, uh, you know, and teaching not to be married, that person you know, based on God's own words, is not of God. Wherefore it is lawful that he should have one wife, and they twain shall be one flesh, and all this that the earth might answer the end of its creation. The first commandment God gave to the children of men to get married, to multiply and replenish the earth. That's the purpose of marriage. That's the purpose of the creation of man to propagate the species and create additional man. That it might be fulfilled with the measure of man according to his creation before the world was made. Now the next one here, 18. And whoso forbiddeth to abstain from meats, that man should not eat the same, is not ordained of God. God gave the animals to mankind to be able to, to eat them. He says, For behold, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air, and that which cometh to the earth is ordained for the use of man for food and for raiment, and that he might have an abundance. But woe unto the man in 21 that sheddeth blood or that wasteth flesh and hath no need. So you don't just go around killing animals uh, just for sport or just for, for game. Uh, if you're going to kill them and, and eat them, that, that's the, what they were ordained for the use of man. Uh, but other than that, you, you know, uh, you will be accounted uh, to God for how you treated his creation. Now he goes here in um, 22, and again, verily I say unto you, he's going to make it clear to the shakers here, that the Son of Man cometh not in the form of a woman. That's ridiculous. Where did it ever say that? Anywhere in the New Testament, the Old Testament, uh, the Book of Mormon. Uh, you know, nowhere, nowhere did it say that Jesus Christ would come in the form of a woman. That's silly. That's ridiculous. That's a doctrine of the devil. Uh, he would taught this to this group of people so he could mock, it, mock them and laugh at them for... Their, uh, you know, for, for, for their silliness in uh, believing such doctrines. Maybe at times it's like Satan's trying to test them to see what he can get them to believe so he can continue to know what other false kinds of doctrines he can uh, teach them to lead them astray. Wherefore, being not deceived, but continue in steadfastness, looking for the heavens to be shaken and the earth to tremble and to reel to and fro as a drunken man, and for the valleys to be exalted, and for the mountains to be made low, and for the rough places to become smooth, and all this when the angels shall sound his trumpet. But, and then uh, it goes down here in 26. Behold, I say unto you, go forth as I have commanded you, repent of all your sins, ask and ye shall receive, knock and it shall be open unto you. Before I will go, I will go before you, and be your reward, and I will be in your midst, and you shall not be confounded. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, and I come quickly. Even so, amen. So I always promised to come quickly. Now, we've looked before how the uh, the doctrine is, is that 
uh, one day for the Lord is as a thousand years on the earth. So since the days of Jesus Christ when he was died, when, when, when he was crucified, you know, it's basically been about two days. So when Christ keeps saying he's coming quickly, yes, but that's on his time frame, not on the earth's time frame. We don't know how many more years it will be, but you know, it's only been two days as far as he's concerned. So he is coming quickly. Now let's look at section 50. And uh, here we get the uh, manifestation of spiritual phenomena. Uh, let's look at uh, 51 through 4. It says, Harkin, O ye elders of my church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is Jesus Christ's church. And give ear to the voice of the living God, and attend to the words of wisdom which shall be given unto you, according as ye have asked, and are agreed as touching the church, and the spirits which have gone abroad in the earth. Behold, verily I say unto you that there are many spirits which are false spirits, which have gone forth in the earth, deceiving the world. Remember in the book of Revelation, when Satan rebelled with his angels, they, Satan and his angels were cast upon uh, the earth. So many false spirits are brought upon the face of the earth, looking to deceive the children of man. And three, and also Satan himself has sought to deceive you, that he might overthrow you. But behold, I, the Lord, have looked unto you and have seen abominations in the church that profess my name. So there's starting to be, uh, uh, you know, wicked practices within the church. This was true in 1831. This is true in 2021. But blessed are they who are faithful and endure, whether in life or in death, for they shall inherit eternal life. And let's look now at... Uh, Eight, but the hypocrites shall be detected and shall be cut off, either in life or in death. Even as I will want to them who are cut off from my church, his church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint, for the same are overcome of the world. So woe to them. And he's saying that, look, the hypocrites are going to be cut out of the church. Whether we detect them and find them and, and excommunicate them here, you know, during life, or whether in death, at some point they will be excommunicated uh, from the church. Wherefore, in verse 9, let every man beware, lest he do that which is not in truth and righteousness before me. And let's look at 13 here. He says, Wherefore, I, the Lord, ask you this question. The Lord's testing his servants. And to what were ye ordained? to preach my gospel by the Spirit, even the Comforter, which was sent forth to teach the truth. So when you preach, you need to preach by the Comforter, by the Holy Spirit, and receive revelation to that your words are teaching the things of God. And then receive these spirits which you cannot understand, and receive them to be of God. And in this are you justified? Behold, you shall answer this question yourselves. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto you, he that is weak, among you hereafter shall be made strong. Verily I say unto you, he that is ordained to me and sent forth to preach the word of truth by the comforter in the spirit of truth, doth he preach it by the spirit of truth or some other way? So if you don't preach by the spirit, uh, teaching the things that God's putting into your heart to say to the people, that is not of God. If it be some other way, in verse 20, it is not of God. Therefore, he that receiveth by the spirit and he that teaches by the Spirit, 
are both edified together as the Spirit's teaching and the Spirit's helping the, the listener to hear and understand. Okay, then he talks about those he calls as missionaries here in 26. He says, He that is ordained of God and sent forth, the same is appointed to be greatest, notwithstanding he is the least and servant of all. Wherefore he is possessor of all things, where all things are subject unto his missionaries, unto his ministers, unto those who have been called by God to preach his gospel. Both in heaven and on the earth, the life and the light, the spirit and the power, sent forth by the will of the Father through Jesus Christ his Son. But no man is possessor of all things except he is purified and cleansed from all sin. And if you are purified and cleansed from all sin, you shall ask whatsoever you will in the name of Jesus, and it will be done. That's the promise of God. But then he says, here's the, the secret, right? But know this, it shall be given unto you by the Spirit what ye shall ask. And as ye are appointed to be the head, the Spirit shall be subject unto you. So, as you was prayed by the Spirit of Revelation, you will be led and guided what to pray for, and as a result, because it's God's will for you and for your life, God has promised He will fulfill that prayer. Okay, let's look at 35. He says, And by giving heed and doing these things which ye have received, and which ye shall hereafter receive, and the kingdom is given you of the Father, and the power to come over all things which are not ordained of him. And behold, verily I say to you, Blessed are you who are now hearing these words of mine from the mouth of my servant. The prophet Joseph Smith is God's servant. He is his prophet. For your sins are forgiven you. As you listen to the words of the prophet and seek to do them, the great promise here of God your sins are forgiven. Okay, so now we go on and look at... Let's look at uh, 41 through 46. And he says, Fear not, little children, for you are mine, and I have overcome the world, and you are of them that my Father hath given me. And none of them that my Father hath given me shall be lost. And the Father and I are one. I am in the Father, and the Father in me. And as much as you have received me, you are in me, and I in you. So we know that the Father and Son are not one and the same person. Neither are we one and the same with Jesus Christ. So every time the scriptures talk about that kind of doctrine, here God himself is explaining what it means. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know we're, that we're, we have the same spirit, but we're not the same. So just as the Father... Is in, in the Father and Him, Jesus Christ, are one. I am in the Father and Father in me. Inasmuch as ye have received me, you are in me and I in you. So obviously, we're not one and the same with Jesus Christ, neither is Jesus Christ one and the same of the Father. They're two distinct and separate beings. We are two and separate beings, separate from Jesus Christ. Wherefore I am in your midst, and I am the good shepherd, and the stone of Israel, he that built upon this rock, shall never fall. And the day cometh that you shall hear my voice, and see me, and know that I am. That's the promise to all the faithful, whether in this life or in the next life. The day will come, we will see him face to face, hear his voice, and know that he is. Watch, therefore, that ye may be ready, even so, amen. So he's already told us, no man knows the hour. But watch and pray and be prepared spiritually, 
for that day, for you don't know when it's going to come, but if it should happen in your lifetimes, you shall be ready to receive him, to see him as he is, to hear his voice, and rejoice in his presence. And I promise that these promises of God are true and faithful, that he desires to bless everyone, that he desires to appear unto them, to show himself unto them, whether as a collective or individually, he has promised that and he will fulfill that. I testify that he lives. I testify that God is our Heavenly Father and that he loves us. The church is his church. He has continued to bear his testimony over and over again in these sections of the Doctrine and Covenants that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church. And he will bless those who embrace it and who accept the, to be baptized to his church because by accepting his church and kingdom, you're accepting him as your king. I will challenge those of you who are not yet members of the church to reach out to the missionaries, ask them how you can become a baptized member of his church and kingdom and thus accept him into your lives. For those of you inactive, I invite you to come back. You know how happy you were before you fell into or drifted away into inactivity. So come back. Let God bless you once again. Come close to his spirit. Whatever you have done in this life, just know that God stands ready to forgive you, to welcome you into his arms of love. He loves you. He wants you to repent and come back to him. I love all of you. We pray for you every day. If you have any prayer requests, go ahead and send those to us on our Facebook page. We'll be glad to pray for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.